This week, I was blessed to be on a retreat with Bob Schutz, who's the author of the book, Be Healed, and he's the founder of the John Paul II Center for Healing. Um, him and his team offer retreats for lay people, and they also offer retreats for priests. So I was on a retreat for five days for priests, and I got to spend some time with Bob, um, and he told this amazing story, which he also tells in, in one of his podcasts. Uh, his podcast is called Restore the Glory. If you're curious, you want to look it up afterwards. Um, he told this great story about spiritual poverty. The story goes like this. One time they were putting on this conference for several hundreds of people, and uh, it was a conference about healing him and a priest who was, who was a chaplain named Father Mark. And as they were praying to prepare for this conference, Father Mark kept praying for the gift of spiritual poverty. And he's kind of like, well, that's weird. Why does he keep repeating spiritual poverty in the prayers? Um, so he, uh, he keeps saying, Lord, grant us this real spiritual poverty. And, and they, they, start the, they start the conference. Bob is giving talks. And um, they're, they're speaking about healing of, of past wounds and emotional wounds and things. And he realizes that the people listening to the talks are, are feeling a lot of the weight of their own past and their own hurts. And they, they can't really take it. And the conference was, was set up in a way that they weren't really able to, to speak one-on-one -on -one with the people because there were so many and, and they didn't have time, a lot of, a lot of free time. So uh, they, it wasn't really working. And he realized that as he was watching the people and seeing the way, that they were, the way that they were responding to the talks, at one point he realized that he just needed to stop. So he said, okay, wait here for a second. He goes back to Father Mark and he consults with him. He says, Father, I think that they've had enough of the talks and we need to give them a break and have a recess and, and let them go to confession and pray on their own. So he said, okay, yeah, that's from the Lord. Go and tell them that. So they took the break and uh, it really felt like it was kind of, a, kind of a disaster. You know, they had to stop the talk in the middle of, the, of this conference. And um, so the day ended with that. And the next day he came back to Father Mark and he said, Father, I, I feel like we can't go on with these, with these conferences. We can't go on giving them talks because... Yesterday you saw what happened, and, and I just feel like it's just completely empty. I can't go up there and get in front of them again after what happened yesterday. And Father Mark says, perfect. Now you have spiritual poverty. He's like, so what do I do? We go up there and give the talk. <laughs> but I feel like I can't. I feel like I've got nothing to give them. That's exactly what God wants. He wants you to, to recognize your poverty, to reach a point where, where you can't do it on your own, and rely only on him. So the, the end of the story is that Bob got up and he, he gave a talk that he hadn't prepared and that was inspired in the moment. And as he was speaking, uh, people started crying. And then one after another, they started weeping. They started wailing. And, and uh, it was the moment that everybody was moved the most when he, when he really relied on God instead of on his own abilities and and acted out of his spiritual poverty. Uh, when we have nothing more to give, God can move in the most powerful way in our lives. And when we recognize the, our brokenness and our poverty, it gives God the opportunity to act in a powerful way through us. And I see that all over the readings today. God takes our weakness and he turns it into fruitfulness. He takes our wounds and he turns them into healing. He takes our brokenness, and he turns it into the power of God working in our lives. But 
he really needs us to be able to recognize it and to be able to address it, to recognize our brokenness that so often we avoid thinking about and sometimes we, we try to get around it just by busying ourselves, just by keeping ourselves busy with our work or whatever it is. And, and instead of trying to deal with it, instead of letting God use it and work in it and transform it. Like, how did, how did the disciples in today's first reading act? This was after the resurrection and after Jesus had already uh, ascended into heaven and after they had received the Holy Spirit. The disciples are out there preaching and they get corrected. They even get beaten by the Sanhedrin. And, uh, and Peter's there and he says, we can't stop talking about the things that we've witnessed. And maybe it, maybe it was hard to catch, but he, he lists off the things that they've witnessed, including the death of Christ and including his resurrection. But in the list of things that they witnessed, he says, the forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things, to the forgiveness of sins. And what do we mean by sin? Oftentimes I think that we, we think that God wants us just to see sin as my own guilt. Okay, God wants me to feel guilty and he wants me to ask forgiveness, right? I think the scriptures more often speak about sin in a broader sense, which is in the sense of brokenness. Sin is not just the guilt that I have on my conscience. It's also the brokenness and the hurt that I've received from others. The brokenness in my life that I've caused to others, maybe without actually being conscious of it. That general situation of brokenness that we all have in our lives because of the the state of the world and the state of our, our own sinfulness. That's the broader sense of sin. And the disciples, when they say, we've witnessed the forgiveness of sins, they're saying, we've witnessed that God has the power to heal that brokenness. And that's why they can't keep silent. That's why Peter says courageously, we're going to obey God rather than men. And we're going to let you do whatever you want to us rather than keep silent about the things that we've witnessed. We've witnessed God's healing in the world, his forgiveness, his reconciliation. That's why they go away saying, They're glad to have the honor to suffer humiliation for the sake of the name. So this idea is also echoed in the psalm today where where it talks about taking our joy, our, our sorrow, and turning it into joy. Taking our brokenness and turning it into gladness. God has the power to do that. And sometimes maybe we're tempted to think that really God just takes away our sadness and replaces it with with happiness. When the Christian view of things is that God transforms our sadness into happiness. It's through our sorrow and through our suffering and through our brokenness that God can bring the greatest joy. And I think that this comes to life the most in today's gospel. There's really nothing. There's, I don't think there's any passage in the gospel that can parallel with today's gospel. This is the story of kind of a Peter's reconciliation of his healing, of his forgiveness, the healing of his brokenness. Peter, the last time that he had talked to Jesus, he was promising him that he would always be faithful to him and would never deny him. And then when Jesus was taken and arrested and condemned, at that very moment, Peter denied him three times. And the gospel said that Jesus looked at him and and obviously knew what was going on because he had told Peter that he would deny him. And Peter, Peter went away and wept after that gaze of Christ in the moment of his, of his denial. So here we have the next time that Peter and Jesus get to talk after that. This is a powerful moment. 
we have, you know, like many times in the gospel, Jesus appears to them uh, after the resurrection and they don't recognize him at first, right? And I think that's a great symbol for us of, of how Jesus is in our lives now. He remains hidden to us many times and recognizing his presence is hard for us. Maybe we can all think of moments in our lives when, when we have said to ourselves, I cannot see how God could be present in this situation at all. There's no way I can see God in this situation. Where is God? Or you look back at your life at a hard moment in your past and you say, where was God when that happened? Maybe a lot of people who say that the most are the people who aren't here today, right? The people who have left the church or left the faith because they say, where was God when this happened to me? But I think all of us can say that. I can say that in my life. There are moments of great suffering where I say, it's hard to see God's presence in that. And that's, that's the mystery that's revealed to us in the gospel when, when Jesus appears to them and he's there and he's working and he's doing something in their lives, but they don't know that it's Jesus. That's what happens when he gets them to catch this miraculous catch of fish, right? As soon as they've done the, done, done the miracle, once they've obeyed this stranger on the shore, then they catch the fish, this huge catch that they couldn't have done on their own, and, uh, and they say, it is the Lord, right? So Peter gets excited, jumps in the water, swims over to the shore. And what does he see when he gets to the shore? The stranger is there, and he's got a charcoal fire. The, the other passage in the gospel where there's a charcoal fire is the passage where, Jesus, where Peter denied Jesus. He was gathered around a charcoal fire with the other servants, and they were questioning him about whether he was one of Jesus' disciples. And he said, no, I'm not. That was the last time Peter saw a charcoal fire. And it's not by accident that the gospel puts it here again. It's a reminder. Jesus, Jesus did the same thing. He put the charcoal fire there to say, hey, remember? And it's almost like, it's, you could almost think of that as like a, a mean thing to do. It's like, remember the time you denied me? Right? And almost for sure, Peter's mind goes rushing back to that night when he denied Jesus. And what is he feeling at that moment? Just try to imagine. He probably feels guilt. He probably feels shame. He probably feels angry with himself. Maybe inside he's beating himself up. And I, I kind of wanted to underline that because I think that there might be a lot of Peters here. A lot of us might be able to identify with that. That when we're reminded of our own faults and our own guilt and our own brokenness, we do that. We beat ourselves up and we feel a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. But what, is, what does Jesus do? Well, first he tells Peter to go and get some, get some of the fish they just caught, right? It's obvious there's, there's fish and bread there. Jesus is preparing breakfast, right? And he probably doesn't have enough for all, all of the disciples who are there. So he says, go and bring some more of the fish you just caught. So what does, what does Peter do? He gets excited. He runs out. He starts, he starts uh, pulling in the, the net of fish, right? I think that one of the ways we could interpret this is to say it's an image of what we try to do so often when we're feeling that brokenness and we're feeling that guilt and that shame and beating ourselves up, is that we just try to keep ourselves busy. We just try to ignore what's going on inside. Just try to say, okay, I, I, I don't want to address this. I don't want to face this. I don't want to face the person that I've hurt. I don't want to ask for forgiveness. So I'm going to just go and be busy with doing other stuff, you know? Maybe even sometimes the things that we do in church or the things we do for our religion are just ways of keeping ourselves busy instead of really encountering Christ in our brokenness. We want to stop feeling or we want to ignore how we feel. I know I do this a lot. Um, using my work, my busyness as a way of ignoring what needs to happen. But Peter comes back. He brings the fish. And 
you know, Jesus could have rejected him. I think if any of us had a friend who denied that they even knew us, maybe we would be angry. We would say, what? You said you didn't know me? You didn't even want to recognize that I was your best friend? But uh, Jesus, in his compassion, uh, says, come and have breakfast. You know, and I don't think there's any other gesture that could be a better sign of communion than inviting someone to come for a meal. Come and sit down and have a meal with me. He says that to Peter, right? And I don't want to get into the whole dialogue that they have afterwards, which is also very beautiful and worth reading again and meditating on. But it's, it's Jesus asked him three times if he loves him, you know? For each of the times that he denied him, he, he asked him to renew his love. And after each one, Jesus renews Peter's mission. He says, feed my sheep. It's like saying, I'm not going to reject you for what you did. I still want you to be the leader of my church. I still want you to work for me. I still want you to be my friend. So what does this all mean? Peter, in his brokenness, encountered the forgiveness of Christ. He was able to encounter that grace of reconciliation, of being reunited to him. And, and that is, I believe, what allows him to become such a great witness. When we get to the Acts of the Apostles and he says, we are witnesses of these things. We are witnesses of the forgiveness of sins. We're witnesses of Christ's ability to heal our brokenness. He can say that because he's experienced it. He's experienced Christ reconciling him in his own life, forgiving him of his own brokenness. So what can we do? I think I'd challenge you all to maybe, if you can, go back to that gospel and read it again because it's so rich and there's so much in there. But read it reflecting a little bit on your own spiritual poverty your own places where you need Christ's forgiveness, where you feel your own brokenness and you need him to heal you. And acknowledge it and say, Lord, I want you to come into this place in my life. I want you to come into this place in my heart and give me that healing so I can be a great witness of your love.